Why is it important to learn business skills as a physician? What does it mean to work for you, Incorporated? How do we develop an attitude of abundance versus scarcity? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey guys, it's Andrew. Welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy you could be with me today. For all my returning listeners, thank you for coming back. And for all my new listeners, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here because today, like on every episode, we're bringing you the best guests from all over healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. This episode is awesome. If you've been anywhere in the physician circles on social media, then you have likely heard of Dr. Una. Dr. Una has been the CEO of Ivy League Pediatrics, an award-winning private practice for the last decade. She went from being a great clinician with no idea how to run a business into a serial entrepreneur. Armed with her depth of experience and wealth of knowledge, she founded EntreMD, a company designed to fulfill her passion of helping physician entrepreneurs build profitable businesses. She does this through the EntreMD podcast, conferences, and coaching. Dr. Una says, you are only one skill away from the freedom to live life and practice medicine on your own terms. Well, without further ado, let's bring Dr. Una onto the show. Dr. Una, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to hear you. So, so I uh, recorded a little bio about you previously for the listeners, but uh, in your own words, if you can tell people who you are and what your story is and what you do. Well, my name is Dr. Una. My full name is Neka Una Chuku, and everybody says Una for obvious reasons. Um, and I'm a pediatrician by training. And um, I started off like everybody else, you know, graduate from residency, became a quote unquote big boss attending. I uh, got my first job and, and then I had this itch, if you will, um, to do more. I remember my first day as an attending, I came out and I'm like, so wait a minute, this is it? Like I was always striving for something, right? You know, high school, you're striving to get good grades, to get into a good college and you get into a good college, you're striving to get into a great medical school, you get into medical school, you're striving to get into a great residency. And then residency, you want to finish that up and get a great job. And then after the job, then it's done. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that was so anticlimactic. And I'm like, there has to be more. And then, you know, I didn't know a lot then. So I said, hey, you know, we'll start a practice. Um, you know, ignorance is bliss in, in that case. And then I started off a practice. And then I realized that nothing in our medical training at all prepares us to be entrepreneurs. And then I had to go through the school of hard knocks. And then I embraced entrepreneurship. I'm like, you don't know this it's time to learn entrepreneurship. So then I did that and developed the business side of me, which was so hard. I mean, 
I was an introverted introvert. Um, I didn't like talking to people. I thought marketing and sales were sleazy. So you can see I had everything to make sure I did not succeed as an entrepreneur. And I, I thought making money was doing a good job as a clinician. I hadn't figured out how, I mean, there are a gazillion ways to do this, right? So I did all that and then came to the conclusion that these are all learnable skills. Like you can learn to build a business. Think about it. We learn to do spinal taps, knee replacements, heart transplants, intubate 500 gram babies. We know how to do a lot of hard stuff. And if you can develop those skills, you can definitely develop the skills to be a great entrepreneur. So when I figured that out, I had that aha moment then I then decided, you know what, I am going to commit to help physicians learn how to build profitable businesses, right? So that we have the great clinical skills and then we can build great business skills around it, whether you're employed or not. And especially the times we're in, um, times we're in have shown us that um, administration is not going to fight for us. Uh, businesses are not going to work by themselves. Um, so whether you're employed or you own your own practice or you own a non-clinical business or you just want to invest in real estate, whatever it is, you have to figure out business skills. So, um, you know, that's kind of my thing. Um, you know, so I still have the practice. This is our 10th year. I work there one to two days a week. And the other days of the week, I spend it doing what I love, which is empowering doctors so they can build profitable businesses. Long wow. answer for your short question. but <laughs> That's yeah. great. I got I want to unpack a few things there. So I think the first part that you said, you know, always striving towards something next thing that really that hit me when I came out so hard, because in residency, I was like, I can't wait to be done with residency. I won't have all this other stuff to do. And I'm just going to be so happy. And then you come out and you're like, all right, well, but now what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so much that, you know, I was like, I can't see myself just going to the ER X amount of shifts per week, every month for the rest of my life. And then that's it. You know, I, and you know, there's a difference between being busy and being constructive. And I think a lot of us fill our times with just being busy, but Oh, that's great. I think entrepreneurship as a learn learnable skill is important too. Everyone sees business as as scary, and well, it is because it's new. But um, yeah, I think that's. I think your story is awesome, and teaching people how to have profitable businesses will definitely be a skill we need right now. <laughs> so, how how has your practice been doing given the current events? Well, um, we. We had a lot of plans for 2020 mm -hmm. and we were going to, we were already going to pivot the practice like crazy. We're going to embrace marketing in a new dimension because we were like, you know, let's go for more market share. How about we do that? I have a really great uh, practice administrator who is like an implementer and I'm a visionary. So that combination is like fantastic. Um, you know, so we already had all these plans. So when COVID happened, what we did was we accelerated all of them. So we, we embraced telemedicine like that quit, quick. Mm -hmm. Like so the insurance companies that we use approved it on um, the 17th of March. By the 18th of March, we were full speed ahead. Wow. We're talking 17 visits a day and we were full speed ahead. Um, we embraced email marketing. We embraced tons of videos, like tons of videos to let you know, patients know, um, you know, these are the kind of visits we're doing. This is what we've done to make it safe. This is when you should come to the office. This is when you should do telemedicine. This is what telemedicine is. And so because of that, we've, we've done really well. 
you know, in spite of everything that's going on. So we've worked really hard though. Um, but we've, we've, we've done pretty well. That's awesome. I, you know, what do you a big message I hear now in the residencies are that private practice is dead. And as a uh, hospital based physician, I don't know really much about that. But uh, what uh, clearly yours is not. So what do you say? What do you say to the naysayers of, of private practice? Well, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of investors are investing in private practice, right? They're buying them up and all that stuff. There's a reason. Um, if you think about it, CVS was under fire a few years ago because they had, you know, they're selling cigarettes and they have a minute clinic. So people are like, you know, which is it? I mean, you tell them about cessation and they can stop over and, you know, buy it from the same store. They gave up cigarettes with all the revenue that comes with that to keep their minute clinic. Right. So that should, tell you something. Um, so private practices are really dead. I think the problem is more so we have the mentality of hang the shingle and they will come. And that is, that, that is gone. That's not the way that works anymore because everybody else is marketing. Everybody else is going after the patients. Um, your teledoc is going after that. The market share is smaller. So when I graduated for residency, there were no there were really any after hours clinics. Urgent cares had just started. Um, there was no minute clinics. I never thought CVS and Walmart will be my competition ever. <laughs> like that thought never occurred to me. You know what I mean? Telemedicine wasn't a thing. And, you know, so none of these things were happening. Um, nurse practitioners couldn't open clinics at this time, right? There's no independent practice. So if you look at that, the players are, there's so many more players. So if you're going to play in that space, you're going to have to apply business principles, like, you know, take the practice hat off and apply business principles. You're going to need to market. You're going to have to be strategic. You're going to have to consider convenience, right? Because that's what people want. And the fact that we don't think they should want it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? So you're going to have to be a business. But if you just show up reactive, like I hung the shingle and I'm a great physician, people will come. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough to do it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just don't get that kind of training. You know, that's, that's the unfortunate part. You know, yeah. I have a lot of, you know, wide listenership right now. And I think there's some, there's a lot of dissatisfaction professionally in, in medicine as a whole, um, not only with the docs, but with the nurses and techs and everybody. Uh, what do you think is contributing to that, that dissatisfaction? And, and what do you say? How do we, how do we combat it? Well, I think our, I think our system is broken. I think everybody kind of knows that it's just broken. And um, I think it's, it's, we've come to that place where we have to make our own way. Um, you know, I talk about it frequently where I'm like, no matter who pays you, you work for you incorporated, right? It, it doesn't matter where you work. It's your job to create a career um, that you love. And um, I use a lot of sports analogies. Um, my husband watches basketball. I'm a good wife. I watch basketball, you know, so <laughs> this is how it works. But um, I want you to think about an NBA player. Okay, so let's, let's use that. An NBA player comes into the league and we're like, yeah, I'm a rookie. I made it, right? And the initial part of their career, their, their job is to make sure they're a really good player so they can build a name for themselves, right? That's the very first thing they do. The second thing they do with, with that is then they leverage the name 
that they've built and they use that for endorsements. They use that for speaking gigs. They use that and business opportunities come to them and stuff like that. So they use, they leverage that to even increase how much they can make, right? And after they've done that, they get to the point where like, you know, this has been hard on my body. I don't really want to play anymore. I mean, they're not playing at 40. They're done, you know? And at that point, the ones who are smart would have put away enough cash in like real estate and stuff that are really passive, that are truly passive, right? Okay, so how would that relate to a doctor, a nurse, a tech? How would that relate? When you get into the medical field, so kind of how, you know, we finished residency, you're like, yay, never again, we're done. You're not really done. It's like getting into the MBA, right? You're the rookie. Your job is to become really good at what you do clinically. So that's your active career. And then based on that, you don't stop there. You leverage that to do your own speaking, to build a coaching thing, if that's what you want to do. Build a practice that can run without you, right? Because if it only runs when you're there, it's not really a business, right? So that can run without you, right? Do your own quote-unquote endorsements and use leverage, you the doctor, you the nurse, leverage that to create more wealth for yourself, more opportunities for yourself, right? And then in, when you do that, you start prepping for your passive career where you would have put away enough money, real estate and all this other stuff that you work because you want to, not because you have to. So if you find yourself in a situation where they're making me work in unsafe conditions, they're making me work more and earn less and all this stuff, if, if it's really bad and you want to walk away, you have the option to. If you love it and you want to suck it up, you have the option. You have options, right? Because you've built wealth, right? So there's an active career, leveraged career, passive career. Most of us only stay inactive. And that's what the problem is. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, what's refreshing about listening to you speak is just how, how you have this feeling of abundance to everything you do, right? You, we, as professionals, we're experts at at our thing, right? But that doesn't make us a brand. That doesn't make us an authority. Um, I know Dr. Mike Wu Ming talks about it all the time is establishing yourself as an authority. And, and that takes time and work and, and learning some business skills and learning social media and branding. So uh, anybody, anybody can do those things because all of us as professionals have a lot to offer. So um, yeah, I, I agree completely. And you, you know, that we're seeing lately a lot of my clientele as well are, are early career physicians, so less than seven years out. And, and the, you know, I hate the word burnout, but the quote burnout um, among them is, is astounding and rising. And we're seeing a huge exodus of people early in their career from medicine. Um, and, and, you know, what, why do you, is, is it all the external pressures or why do you think that's happening? I think it's a combination of the ex external pressures. I think that's one, but I also think, and I have a bias, right? You know, I love business. I love entrepreneurship. And I truly believe one of the biggest fixes for burnout is entrepreneurship. And the reason for that is, I mean, we faced hard stuff. We went from to medical school, for goodness sake. We did residencies. We, we had, you know, hard people we had to train um, under. We had difficult colleagues. We had all of that. But we went through it because we had an end we were chasing, right? So if you come out of residency 
and there's no roadmap, like I want to go from here to here to here, it makes it harder to deal with the pressure of today. It's so much easier to deal with when you're like, I'm doing this. For instance, if, if, if you're doing a job that you hate, but the job is giving you an extra five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand to put away for a real estate, and you have this plan and a blueprint of how I'm going to build a real estate empire, it's so much easier to not suck it up. That's not what I mean. Like if you're in a bad situation, you need to change it. But it's a lot less difficult because you're like, this pain I'm going through right here is a means to an end. Do do you see what I'm saying? So yes, there's the external pieces that need to be fixed. But I think once we start thinking more, this is not the end of my, this is not the end point of my career. There's more. Once we start dabbling into more, once we start thinking more abundance, like the only thing is this thing I'm doing is not the only thing I can do. This is a platform for what comes next. It becomes so much easier to handle what's going on today. I agree. Yeah. And I think, uh, I know John Jerica talks about it a lot too, that sometimes when you start these other pursuits, you are technically so much busier than you were just being an employed doctor, but it feels, it feels so much better. And I, I mean, I've seen it in my own life, you know, I got the podcast, I do consulting work, I do a million things, but it, it doesn't feel that way. So, because there's always, everything else is in motion with a means to an end. So I, I personally agree, but we're both biased. <laughs> we, we both are, but, it, but it's so exciting and freeing. And I don't know, there must be a lot of endorphins and happy hormones associated with this because it's, it's great. Well, it's also learning new skills too. I mean, just, I didn't even have a Twitter account before I started this stuff. And you know, I, it, it take, it took me forever to figure it out. <laughs> I still don't get Instagram. One of these days you'll have to show me. I, I still don't get it, but I'll be happy to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you talked about you incorporated, right? So, yeah. um, do you think every physician or professional should have a business or do you think that's, uh, it, I guess that's the question. Do you think everyone should have their own business or should they just be working on themselves? Well, I will say yes, because this is my concept of it. Every physician is a business, right? Like, so you can be an entrepreneur. So that means maybe you went to open your own practice or you have your own consulting firm or whatever, or you work within a hospital system or you work within a job but your business is your personal brand. Your business is your ability to leverage what you do in your job to qualify for promotions, to qualify, you know, to be at the head of the table, right? So for instance, my clients is a perfect, you know, split. 50% of them are, you know, entrepreneurs. The other 50 are what we call intrapreneurs. So these are people who maybe they embrace speaking. So they're doing speaking, they're doing media, they're putting the hospital they work for in a good light and all of that stuff. So when they're trying to lay people off, guess who they don't lay off? Because it's not just them coming to see patients. They have a brand. People are coming to, you know, to the clinic because of them, right? They're directly affecting the bottom line. So it doesn't mean everybody must go start a practice, but you still have, you are, you incorporated, you're a business, you're a business and you have to be able to leverage that, monetize that, move that up the ladder, put that on the table. 
I agree. I mean, I, uh, I follow your work, so I know you felt that way, but I just thought the listeners should hear it from you directly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was selfish of me, but That's no, okay. I love it. I really, I love it because really making yourself indispensable in whatever you do opens other opportunities as well. Um, you know, what do you say to people that are like, well, Dr. Una, like I want to do other stuff, but, but I don't know what to do. There's so many things out there. Like I can't think of anything. I don't have any I don't have any special interests or skills. I'm just a doctor. So first of all, never say that again. You're nothing like just a doctor. <laughs> you have a lot of other skills. But, you know, if someone is not sure where to start, I think the best place to start is an immersion. Um, you know, for instance, you know, entrepreneurship is a completely different world. Like, you know this, right? It's night and day. They, actually, our medical training probably trained us not to be good business people without meaning to, right? Like you don't promote yourself. Don't, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Don't do anything for financial gain, all which at the core, we want to help people, right? We're not in this necessarily for money, but no, no margin, no mission <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. So if you want to learn something new, the best thing to do is to immerse yourself. Like I don't speak Spanish, right? But if I, if someone dumped me in Spain, for a year and a half, I'm sure I'll come back very fluent in Spanish. So the business world is so strange and so different that if you're like, I don't know anything about this, then immerse yourself. There are podcasts on this, right? Like this amazing podcast that you're listening to and subscribe if you haven't, write a review, okay? All right, so podcasts, if you don't do that, um, if you haven't been doing that, find good podcasts, business podcasts, not clinical podcasts, immerse yourself in that. There are great books on this. There are great conferences on this. And I would say this, when you're ready, when, if you decide I'm serious about this, I'm going to do this, you probably do want to get a coach on board. Okay. Um, You can get a lot of information from the different things that you do, but the truth of the matter is like medical school. Are you going to become a great physician by looking at what's written in Facebook groups and listening to a few podcasts? Probably not. And you know, a, a coach is really like a shortcut, right? Like instead of this taking seven years, it can take one and a half, you know? So you want to consider that. It's a little strange in the physician world, but in the business world, the business people you look at and admire and you're like, how do they get these results? They all have coaches. And Oprah had what, five of them, <laughs> you know? Yep. So I, I would say you should do that, but you know, start from, start from here. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, I think you and I have kind of done the hard work and made the mistakes and uh, I, my whole website crashed like last week completely. Oh, wow. uh, but, but you know what? I'm going to pay somebody to figure that out from now on. Yep. <laughs> the, the, uh, but I agree to, you know, getting a coach or a consultant or someone that can kind of guide you is, is really helpful. I know my mentors along the way have helped me immensely more than uh, reading, reading books and listening yeah. to podcasts. But yeah, I mean, I, I love going, I love driving to work with a little bit of a commute so that I can just listen to the books and the podcasts and everything. So I would miss that if I just <laughs> worked like two minutes away. I got a half yep. hour ride. It's perfect. <laughs> but now, let, uh, me, let me say one more thing to that. Yeah, um, just because it's physicians, right? Now, this is something you have to unlearn. So let me throw this out here. As physicians, we are perfectionists, right? And is, you know, who wants a C-class neurosurgeon, right? <laughs> Nobody's my brain. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I want someone who's perfect. And that's great. It is a horrible mindset to have for business. Horrible. So it's kind of like in medicine, bring your A-plus game. 
in business, once you get it to be, we're good. Like, let's go and then let's modify that, right? So when you start learning, you start listening to this podcast and doing that, you want to start taking action. The action is going to seem messy. The action is you're going to do it scared and you're, you're going to wonder what you're doing. But if you don't take action, nothing changes, right? Same thing when you had to do your first spinal tap. I'm sure you didn't go like, yay, let's do a spinal tap. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, put a needle next to the spine. But your senior resident won't, won't hear it. They made you do it, right? And that's where the growth happened. There's no amount of reading about a spinal tap that'll make you great at doing it. So you got to take a lot of action, okay? So the goal is no longer perfection. The goal is progress. So you start off giving your best effort, right? Which is excellence. Excellence is doing the best with what you have. You start giving your best effort and then the next time you do it better and then you do it better. But if you go after perfection, you will never start a business and you will never build it because it's all scary. It's all different. It's all stuff you've never done before. Oh, I agree completely. I think just putting something out there, perfectionism in some, to some degree is just mitigating anxiety too because you, you just don't want to do it, right? Yep. Because it's got to be perfect. Yep. But yeah, it's putting something out there just like this podcast has evolved over time. The first few episodes were not great. <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's okay. Yeah. And anybody who's done stuff will never go like, these are awful. <laughs> They'll go like, wow, look how he's grown. The only people that really, really criticize it are people who don't do anything. Exactly. No, that's, yeah. that's huge. What a great message. Yeah. Well, Dr. Una, I want to shift the show a little bit just to have the guests get to know you a little bit better. Um, so you talked about books. Do you have any you can uh, share or your top, your top ones to recommend for people? Well, um, yeah. So especially in the beginning, well, I read this every year, but Eat That Frog is a really good book. Eat That Frog, 21 Ways to Overcome Procrastinations by Brian Tracy. Love, love, love Brian Tracy. He is the king of productivity. Um, so if you wonder, where will I find the time? How will I find? He, he's the man. He's the man for you. Okay, so that's a really, really good book. Um, there's a book that I recommend a lot, and it's just for the shock factor. Um, so there, there's um, uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. And Grant Cardone is a 100% sales guy, okay? I will never be like him, but I'm an introverted introvert, and marketing and sales is something you need to grow a business. He's, all, he's an extroverted extrovert. So listening to him kind of just pulls me far enough outside my comfort zone so I can be really effective, right? So, but it's a really great book on sales. Um, if you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think every time this question is asked, you know, this book will come up, uh, you should read it. Um, it helps you think a lot about the business side of things, not working for money, making your money work for you, and not thinking that you're liabilities are assets and doctors were great at thinking that our liabilities are assets. So. That is true. <laughs> so, so that's a really, really good um, book. And I, I think those are um, Atomic Habits. That's a really great book. I mean, there are so many of them. I got a new one, mm -hmm. Limitless by Jim Quick. Oh, I haven't um, seen that one yet. Oh, it's limitless. You love the abund abundance mindset. You would, oh, yeah. you would eat it up. It's an amazing book. And it's all about getting rid of the mental, the mental limitations and motivation limitations. That it's, it's really good. It, oh. I'm not even done with it. I'm probably halfway through. It's a I great I got to put book. that on the list. Yeah, yeah, those are great ones. Yeah, everyone suggests Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but honestly, it's, it's a transformational book. It is. It is. I, you it know, is. I, I read... Um, 
10 X rule by uh, Grant Cardone as well. And like, I was, I was listening to it on a plane and I was just like getting fired up. I'm like, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, and if you're an introvert is great. Cause it's like, you won't be like him, but you, at no. least, you know what I mean? At least you move far enough that you'll be able to make a real dent in, in, in your business. It's a great, it's a great book. Absolutely. What do you like to do for fun? I love to walk. I love to be in nature. Um, love, love, love it. I would, I would walk for two hours every morning if I could. I usually end up doing an hour and a half and just hear the birds chirp and look at the flowers and Dr. Una's happy. Um, it's very weird. I read for fun. Um, you know, so Barnes and Nobles is my favorite place. And I'll, I'll just tell you this, um, with the social distancing, um, one day I missed it so much. I just went and parked in front of the store and read there. Cause I couldn't, <laughs> cause I couldn't go in. That's great. But I, but I love to read and then, you know, and I hang out with my kids and goof off a lot. So yeah. Yeah. It was, I think the thing I missed most in residency was reading, you know, when, and, and when I finally got back to it as an attending, I was, it's just filled the hole that was missing for me. But, uh, yeah, Barnes and Noble thing. That's, that's next level. <laughs> but I love it. It's just, it's just noisy enough. And they're people, but nobody's talking to me. It's like, it's an introvert's dream. I love it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. So if you could give uh, early career docs and other healthcare professionals just a single piece of advice, what would that be? Don't stay in the box. Do not stay in the box. There is so much more to you than what you've experienced and all the training that you've done is just the platform for you to do more. Don't stay in the box. Don't, don't stay in the box. Like just get out of the box. I agree. That box is really restrictive. Yes. Yes. And it's literally like a chicken and egg, but there's a whole chicken though, right? Like get out of the egg, get, get out of there. <laughs> there's so much more. So Absolutely. much more. Well, I'm sure people are going to want to reach out and find out more about you after this episode. So how can they find you? Well, um, since they're listening, they're already on, on a podcast platform. So um, I have a podcast. It's called the Entree MD Podcast. So E-N-T-R-E. So Entrepreneur Entree MD Podcast. And we talk all things business, nothing clinical. Um, so you can check that out. And um, you can find me on social media. I'm at Dr. Una Chukwu. Um, he'll put it in the show notes because you won't be able to spell it. <laughs> But I respond to my PMs and DMs and, you know, I'm just here to support docs. I, I truly believe that, um, I don't think it was on purpose, but it's just a disservice that we have no training in business. And we are in times where to thrive, you're going to have to figure out business because um, nobody's going to look after you. That, that's on us. And we can do it. We just no, need to know how. Absolutely. What a great message. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, this has been great value to my listeners and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was great. Wow, guys, what a great episode with Dr. Una. I have been following her work for a while and she is truly always inspirational. I mean, I don't know if I would follow her advice to sit in a Barnes and Noble parking lot, but that's a different issue. She talks about how as doctors, we must learn business skills and the mentality of hang a shingle and they will come is dead. She speaks about how if you want to compete, you need to learn marketing, sales, 
and even employed doctors work for you incorporated which i love she states that your business is your personal brand and that physicians should start thinking in abundance and that this job as a doctor is not all that's out there her advice to begin is with immersion if you like this episode remember to check out dr una's podcast entre md i'm a subscriber and a regular listener that's all we have for today guys thank you so much for listening and being here with me as we aim to help arm our early career docs with all the knowledge they can to go out there and do amazing things as many of you are if i could ask you a tiny favor please go on to apple podcasts and give me an honest rating and review it really helps and for everyone else out there if you could please share this podcast with your fellow residents colleagues medical students or anyone else you think may be interested it really is important to get this knowledge out there thank you again to my wonderful listeners and until next time guys keep talking all opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.